Um, there can be barriers with people when they're they're learning this because they have to basically walk through doors they really don't want to go through. Mm. And in order to fit through those doors, they have to leave that backpack of junk behind. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Sistema, and this is Sistema for Life. Pete Rogers, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Glenn. I appreciate to be here. Yeah, great to have you. And uh, so I think we actually um, met up at HQ a couple of years ago. And well, we've met, met and trained a couple of times, but I never got to talking until you inadvertently swiped my bag from the changing room, I think, and <laughs> had a big, big bag full of HQ swag in it with a bunch of things. And then we got in touch. You're like, oh, I think I took your bag. Can I mail it back to you? So that was kind of a funny introduction. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was in there with the kids that day, and I was heading out east, so I had a, I had a, a big uh, package of gear to take out to some of the guys out east. Yeah. So yeah, somehow that got wrapped up in the middle, and I'm like, this clearly does not fit me. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad we got introduced one way or the other. It was a, it was a good one to go. Um, so you've been training up at um, Toronto <laughs> HQ for quite a few years. Can you tell us a little bit about how you found your way to Sistema? What was your background? Were you doing? Um, other martial arts stuff, or did you come in via the military route? How did you find your way in? Um, well, uh, I started doing martial arts, I guess, back in uh, 1987. Um, I started doing Weichiro Karate and uh, Western style kickboxing. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward a few years, uh, you know, did some com- competitions on the kickboxing circuit and full contact karate circuit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a, a gentleman, uh, he was. Uh, uh, ex uh, Force Marine Corps uh, or Force Recon Marine, and that moved back to Cape Breton uh, with his wife. Yeah, and uh, he started teaching us jujitsu. So uh, he had the military background stuff. Um, about a year after training with him, I joined the reserves, and then I went with the regular force. So uh, did a lot of different martial arts, uh, you know, before the military and uh, during my time in the military. That's that's uh, as Canadian a instructor. Sorry, of Canadian Armed Forces? Yes, yeah. 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 So where are you based? Yes, for, the, the for, the, um, for the sake of folks who don't know you, whereabouts are you based just now? Uh, right now I'm in Ontario, so I'm about uh, three hours uh, down the road, as we say, from uh, HQ uh, to the east. So uh, yeah. I have a school. I run a school uh, in Kingston, Ontario, so it's uh, Shistema Kingston. Hmm, great. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so um, I uh, ended up getting posted to uh, CFB Petawawa, and uh, I was doing a lot of uh, uh, combatives training up there as well uh, by the club, but also training military guys. Um, it's funny because I guess I, I was training guys in the military before I was actually in the military myself because uh, my uh, jiu-jitsu instructor, uh, Kevin Pauly, mm. that was the gentleman that was a retired Marine, um, the local garrison had requested him to come out and teach uh, their guys in unarmed combat. and. Uh, combative. So being one of his students, uh, I ended up going and to the garrison, working with the guys and uh, made the switch to the forces. Hmm. Um, then uh, ended up my career, took me up to Petawawa, uh, which is, uh, you know, a, a, a good base, uh, a lot of activity there and stuff like that. So um, it was a really good opportunity to go up there and work on combatives and iron combat. Yeah. Um, so throughout the years, uh, I've been exposed to a lot of different systems. Um, and there was a gentleman uh, that brought uh, Danny and Asanto up uh, for a lot of seminars. So uh, I started training uh, progressive fighting systems under, um, I'm trying to remember, Grant Richardson. Yes. So Grant had uh, trained under Paul Vanak uh, back in the day there. So uh, learned a lot from Grant. He was a great instructor. Yeah. Um, and through him, there was another instructor that was uh, doing a lot of the, the Muay Thai, uh, Kali. Uh, so he'd been bringing uh, Danny up there uh, mm. for seminars. So, uh, again, like, so just a quick synopsis. I started off in Weichiro Karate, uh, the kickboxing, uh, doing Japanese jiu-jitsu. Uh, um, spent a bit of time over in Thailand doing Muay Thai. Mm. I got into the Filipino uh, martial arts. Um and that was actually after being exposed to the, uh, the FMA, the Filipino martial arts, I really started to see that I wanted to work on my blade work. Um, mm. I wanted to improve that level of my training. So uh, funny as it is, I was in uh, Toronto one day at a martial arts store, 
And uh, I just recently come back from a deployment in Bosnia. And um, I was looking for uh, the uh, G. LaBelle's Big Book of Grappling. Yeah. And it, yeah, uh, wonderful book. I still le- learn from it today. So, yeah, <laughs> Judo G. LaBelle, he's a, he's a legend. Brilliant. Oh, he is definitely a legend. So, um, yeah, so um, I saw some videos and I saw this Russian knife fighting stuff. And I was thinking, well, gee, you know, this. This looks like some good uh, military combative stuff. So I'm always, I was always the type to go and, and seek out different schools, different types of training. Uh, like uh, when I went to Thailand, it was in uh, Chiang Mai with Lana Muay Thai. Mm. Uh, that's where I trained for a bit. And I showed up there by myself, mm. not really having a clue. And uh, things worked out. Mm. So, um, but I ended up in a lot of different schools, kind of being the new guy there, just wanting to see and, and doing the search. So, Anyways, long story short, this VHS uh, cassette, because <laughs> yeah. this is back in the day. Yeah, I remember see this TRS tapes. It's brilliant. So many people in this podcast yeah. were introduced to Vlad through those TRS tapes with the with the 80s hair metal soundtrack. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely a good soundtrack. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so um, I saw this, uh, the Russian night fighting, and uh, I wanted to check it out. So um, I went to uh, the school. And uh, introduced myself and, uh, you know, um, you know, that I was with the military and a combatant instructor and uh, said I was interested in learning some of the knife hunting techniques. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, Vlad uh, ever so generously offered, well, why don't you hop in class now and you can do some of the stuff in class? And I said, I was looking at what people had been doing there and uh, I was kind of like, oh, I'm not sure if I'm too keen on this stuff. It didn't look very... Uh, Again, coming from the, the karate background and with the jiu-jitsu, mm. uh, also I was doing uh, – uh, I started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well yeah. around that time. So, um, a lot, you know, and, and the Muay Thai, I, it was a very structured method approach. Yeah. So this looked completely different than that. So mm. – uh, and again, you know, I was a, a young soldier, so uh, – I was very much uh, wanting to, um, you know, find stuff that was that worked, uh, uh, that was effective, um, you know, uh, that was realistic. Yeah. And uh, I wasn't too sold on it right away, so I watched the class. And after class, uh, Vlad and I spoke. It was just uh, he and I, and I asked him about uh, you know the knife fighting techniques and stuff. He goes, "Well, what do you think of class?" I said, "Honestly, I don't think this is my cup of tea." Mm-hmm. Um, I'm more interested. I'd like to see the the blade work. So he said, "Well, why don't we uh, do a bit of work?" And I said, "Well, sure." Mm-hmm. And he goes, "I'll tell you what. Uh, come at me." And mm-hmm. I said, "Okay. Do you want me to come at you, or do you want me to uh, quotation marks come at you?" Because I've seen a, a lot of different instructors and styles over my time. And yeah. he basically said, "You're a soldier. I'm a soldier. Treat me like a soldier." So um, mm. Again, uh, being young and a little foolhardy, uh, I said, okay, let's go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, next thing I knew I was down on the mat and I popped up right away and I said, I slipped, I slipped. And, you know, Vladimir being uh, such a gracious man said, yes, yes, you sl- just be careful. The mats are slippery, <laughs> you know, and, uh, I went at him again and this time I was determined, okay, this guy, I'm, you know, going to put him down. And, uh, I was back down on the mats again, and that's when I realized just how effortlessly he dealt with me. Yeah. Um, again, I had the opportunity to train with a lot of different high-level uh, uh, martial artists and combatives instructors and, and just plain old tough guys. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, I stood up. I said, I, I have to learn this stuff. <laughs> he said, well, that's a good start. So uh, it was uh, it was a uh, introduction into reality, yeah. I think, uh yeah, it's, it's interesting. I've been talking to some other instructors um, about how the visibility of Sistema, or rather its invisibility, doesn't make it, it doesn't lend itself very well to kind of marketing and getting people to come in and give it a try sometimes because you, you kind of have to know what you're looking at before you can appreciate yeah. what you're looking at, right? So it's, there's so many people that have heard that story. It's either like, well, you know, I didn't really believe it. And, you know, when people come to our classes, often it's this similar sort of thing. They look at people doing this breathing and rolling around and they say, can I just watch a class? I'm like, you really need just to get in there because it's something that's better felt than seen. You have to kind of appreciate it. Um, and if somebody's just watching from the sides, then after about half an hour, I'll just kind of start working 
working with them a little bit. And then usually it's right up to the point at which you hit them, they still look kind of skeptical. And then the first time you thump them, they're like, what was that? That wasn't something I thought. <laughs> yeah. And then it's, so I mean, Vlad said this years ago, I think like in a Summit of Masters, I think in 2008, he was like, the best thing you can do for somebody in their first class is hit them. He's like, you hit them, they believe. You talk to them, yeah, maybe you say it right, maybe you say it wrong, you know, and they'll go away. But, you know, there's truth when you hit them. And, uh, and it's absolutely true. At the time, I thought that was kind of a bit brutal. And I didn't know, I didn't understand what he was getting at. But over the years, I've come to appreciate the wisdom in that statement. <laughs> and sometimes oh, you just have yes. to feel something in your body, right, to believe it. Yeah, definitely. Um, again, you know, my introduction was uh, basically getting my butt handed to me. Yeah. And it, it was, um, you know, the amount of contact, uh, it was extremely minimal. I mean, like, you know, uh, it, and truly it is something you have to feel. Um, there's a lot of videos out there, uh, you know, especially with uh, Vladimir and Michael. Yeah. And a lot of my, the work that Michael's doing is, which is just astounding. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's amazing. Uh, they're both, both uh, gentlemen, they're, they're, they're you know, the masters, it's, it's very profound to watch, hmm. but a lot of people that, uh, have never experienced Shistema before question it and are very skeptical. Hmm. And my response is when I'm, I'm talking to people like this, I say, okay, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about walking into a boxing gym and seeing a guy skipping with a rope hmm. and, you know, imagine walking in there, seeing the guy skipping at the boxing gym and walking out in utter disgust going, huh, all these guys do is skip. You know, how is that going to help them fighting? You know, like they're not going to skip in the, the ring or the cage. Hmm. Well, nobody would say that. Yeah. Um, because everybody recognizes the benefits of the skipping. You know, it gives you a coordination. It gives you the cardio. There's so many different things that build the fighter up to prepare for what he's going to do in the ring. Yeah. And, you know, so he's, he's not skipping in the ring, but he's bringing a lot of the, uh, the attributes there. So. Hmm. When you see a lot of these uh, uh, videos and stuff like that, look at it that way because, you know, you're getting to see some amazing skipping, you know, like some amazing exercises and amazing ability. Yeah, I think there's, um, a, there's, a, there's a corollary there with like uh, kata in like traditional Japanese arts too, right? You see people doing it and it's, even people do competitions with them, right? Doing the shapes and repeating these forms and, and essentially all they're doing, they're not fighting anybody, right? They're just kind of stepping from foot to foot and it's, you know, it's kind of like harder tai chi almost, right? They're learning balance and coordination and movements that might apply to a combative situation at some point. But in and of itself, if you just look at that, you're like, well, that's not a fight, right? But nobody, very few people will criticize that and say that's stupid and that's not going to help help you right they understand that the kata is the the, the the thing that builds the attributes and the training and then sparring or kumite or something is the way that you um get to work on it in context right and it's almost the same kind of thing but our kata drills i think our training drills unfortunately look like sparring <laughs> and they look enough like sparring that people are like that's not real sparring they're doing it too slow right and you're like that's because it's not sparring yeah. you know, so, so it's kind of it's difficult to cut for people to kind of look at see as one drill as a blend of those two things right they're like either it's pressure testing and you're going as hard as you can or it's something like kata you're just you know you're making shapes you're stopping and starting and you're practicing the thing right but um yeah, everybody has to walk before they can run right so it's, a, it's an interesting thing that people jump jump on that right away but maybe it's not new, unique to Sistema though I mean I see jiu-jitsu videos with really accomplished jiu-jitsu guys and there's a thousand keyboard warriors underneath saying oh that armbar was so sloppy I would have totally, totally taken that guy out and I'll be like no you wouldn't he's a professional he would you know, it's, it's amazing what people think they can do when they're just looking at something on, on YouTube well I, I have a saying for that uh, how many martial artists does it take to change a light bulb go and the answer the answer is one to change a hundred, one to change the light bulb, and nine and nine to say it'd never work in the street. So, um, and, and and just a quick mention about the street, by the way. Yeah. Whatever this street is, everybody keeps talking about. Stay away from it. Yeah. It's very dangerous. You know? Like everybody's talking about the street, the street. Well, just stay away from that street. There you go. Presumably um, in Basra. But or no, something. Like, that- <laughs> but uh, but but in seriousness, like yeah. even when I started with the karate. Um, cause Weichiru was, uh, you know, a very, uh, meat and potatoes type of karate and the instructors we had, uh, they worked in the correctional facilities. So they dealt with some pretty tough customers Yeah, and, um, you know, uh, yes, we would do kata in the competitions, but we were more into the kumite thing. But, yeah. uh, my friends and I, we would look at the katas and try to break them down and see why do we do this? Why is this done? You know, and, and just really starting to test things. And then we... And, and with, of course, with the guidance with our instructors, we started to see 
no, no, like this, this actually, this is a break here. This is a takedown here. And we started to, you know, I guess, weaponize the katas, which is really what yeah. they are in, in the whole thing. Yeah. So come along to Shastema and you see the, uh, you know, the movement. And, and, and the one thing I just want to say is that a lot of people, they, they see a lot of instructors and a lot of people in the uh, Sistema community, like how they move and they want to be able to fight and throw guys. And, and I tell everybody, really, it all comes down to the breathing. Yeah. Without the breath work, there's nothing. Yeah. And uh, I say this because, like, you know, you and I, Glenn, we all shop at the same store, you know, training under Vladimir and that. Sure. So it wasn't until I started really getting serious about the breath work where I really, really started to appreciate uh, Shastema as a whole. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So have you found, um, so coming back to that kind of initial experience, so you kind of had your in-the-moment conversion experience coming up lab with a knife and all that kind of stuff. So, <laughs> so when you started training afterwards, um, so initially that it seemed that you were surprised with how little contact was involved, how much subtlety and how much control Vlad had. What was your experience actually going into the training itself? How did it... How did you feel that it differed a lot from the things that you'd done before? Because you had a wide range of things, obviously. So it's um, you had a lot to draw on, you know. So it's um, how was the atmosphere of training different? How was the approach different from other things you'd done? Uh, I think it was the honesty, um, the, the honesty, uh, the approach to training. Um, it was, uh, you know, uh, it had to work. It was reality. Hmm. Um, it was almost like you know the iron fist in a velvet glove. Hmm. Uh, I remember the early days starting there, uh, there weren't a whole lot of English speaking guys there because um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of locals, you know, the people that had come over from different countries and stuff. But, uh, yeah, I'll be honest, for the first couple of weeks that I'd been out there in classes, I thought guys were just trying to smash me. Hmm. And uh, I was just hanging in. And, and there were days where I'm like, like and just going back where you mentioned about the strikes is, is you want somebody to experience it. Mm. will hit them. So I came from a system uh, of karate with the Wei Chiru that was, uh, there was a lot of body conditioning in it. It came from uh, Panganoon, mm. an old Okinawan system. And, uh, you know, like we could take a hit. Now, I'd never been hit like this before in my life. Yeah. And it was more than just the physical aspects. There was a, a whole, you know, uh, a whole uh, thing with, you know, my mindset, my psyche, that I had to deal with as well. I mean, there's there's everything that goes from your your fear to your shame to like you know why is this bothering me so much? It was only like that. Yeah. So it was uh, you know very very honest and very simple. Like there wasn't you know there wasn't a whole lot of different intricate movements. It was um, but it, just a quick aside. Like I I grew up skateboarding, snowboarding, surfing, and so mm. like a lot of that is personal expression. Yeah. And I found this was, it just fits so well. I'm like, wow, this is, this is free. This is, this is great. You know? Yeah. There's definitely, um, one of the things that I found coming from, I mean, my background was mostly, I, I did karate as well, but Shotokan growing up and, and judo and then mostly Aikido. I did that for like 14 years and, and there's kind of a fluidity to that. And there's this idea of, you know, controlling people using some of their momentum and their pressure and in that kind of sense. But it, it wasn't really until I found Sistema that I really found, the art in in martial art in a way i mean i guess you can use any martial art to study yourself in a sense to perfect an art um but to me that's almost like learning to draw learning to play an instrument exactly the same way that somebody else does but sistema was the first martial art that i came to that truly allowed you or even encouraged you to express yourself you know your own movements and kind of create as you go you're not just copying other people's techniques you're you're finding techniques for yourself you're finding principles that allow you to move well and create well and that was that was quite profound for me coming in and i, I don't know if that's your, your experience as well or whether you attained that in another art yeah i i mean really like i'd never experienced anything like this before in my life hmm. and coming in again being a, a doubting thomas very skeptical of the empty the empty handwork because uh, again i i came there to learn about russian knife fighting yeah. And, you know, it, it, it seems it, like even to this day, like I still uh, uh, I do Brazilian jiu jitsu as well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I train under uh, Steve Burgess, who's uh, actually our chief kebabs instructor for the Canadian forces. Mm. And uh, I found with Shastema, my BJJ, I enjoy it so much more because of the Shastema. 
I, I found that it really, um, it, it just flow. It just, it's free. So yeah, it's worked with a lot of stuff and, and having the opportunity to share it with other people that do a lot of different martial arts. Yeah. They kind of go, Whoa, at first, you know, there's a, the initial, like, um, the first group of guys that I was showing it to, uh, military buddies of mine, and they're mm -hmm. looking at me like, you're crazy. Yes. Yeah. This, this is, this just doesn't make sense. And, you know, we were an honest group of people. So, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, the questions ended up getting answered out in the middle of the field on uh, exercises or mm. on tours or whatever. And it's like, okay, let's, let's try it out and let's see what works. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually guys started realizing like, wow, there is something to this. So, but for all martial arts, like it really, it's, you know, I don't want to go too far down the rabbit hole, but it's more than just a martial art. I mean, it's a whole, whole thing for life, but, uh, it definitely, you know, it helps, uh, you know, with a lot of different systems, so. Yeah, and definitely, and by all means, start to go down the rabbit hole, because I'd, like, I'd really like to talk to you about that as well, because I understand that you've worked with, um, coming out, so are you still active military with the Canadian Armed Forces? Are you kind of retired or semi-retired? Uh, no, I, I'm i uh, retired now, so. Uh, gotcha. Yeah, I retired about uh, two years ago. Right, so, gotcha. But I understand um, you're, st you're still yeah, working about, with. Yeah, uh, I did about 20 years 20 years in, right, gotcha. So, uh, what's that? So you, so you had about 20 years in, in the forces? Uh, yeah, I spent about 20 years. Uh, a couple of the first two years were with the reserves, and then the rest of it was with the regular force. But, um, yeah, I still, uh, I'm still i still active with the uh, uh, combatives uh, community in the Canadian forces. Um, As an instructor, you know, so you uh, teach? We we'll work with different units every now and then. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Still so, teach, um, and uh, they've actually like there's a, a real appreciation now for uh, Shistema, um, where just other guys, uh, other guys being drawn in to see it, and they go again. At first, they're like, "Well, no, this stuff doesn't work," and then they see that it is working, and they're still it, it's working for them. But they're saying in their head, they realize it's working, hmm. but they're saying this shouldn't work. How is this working still? Uh, so guys are really starting to come on board with it now. So yeah, great. So so how have you found? I understand you've been working in a non kind of martial capacity with um, veterans and, and former Canadian Armed Forces, and working with people with post traumatic um, stress problems and anxiety disorders and things like that. Can you describe a little bit about um, your work with veterans and how Systema has kind of fed into that? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I go back again to the breathing. Uh, how important the breathing is. Um, you know, uh, just with a lot of, uh, forces around the globe now, um, different conflicts, uh, create a lot of different issues. Uh, but, uh, they're working with people that uh, have PTSD and it, it is quite uh, close and personal to me as well. Mm. Um, that the breathing aspects of Shistema really helps you, uh, to, to deal with the anxiety and, uh, Ultimately, I, I think, you know, whether it's it's uh, helping people recover from, uh, you know, uh, very difficult situations or being able to perform in difficult situations, I think the breathing, uh, it helps you deal with the fear. Hmm. Uh, now, there's the fear leading up to a situation, the fear during a situation, and the fear after a situation. Hmm. So... Um, I've shared as much as I can. I still continue to share it with a lot of a lot of people, uh, and, you know, uh, different militaries actually, Canadian, American, uh, British, and uh, they're they're seeing the effects of it, and, and it's like, okay, this is this is something because there's a big push right now that uh, for yoga for uh, vets with PTSD or people um, that have it, and uh, you know that that has its own. Uh, uh, usefulness i guess but it seems a lot of uh, a lot of the people once i expose them to this the breathing methods and stuff and you know because uh, systema comes from a uh, a warrior's background yeah. that it's uh, it connects with them immediately you know a deep level hmm. um you think about like a lot of militaries what they do is you know they 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 train the member up they train the soldier up you know, so there's the preparation time and then there's the execution of the mission or the event. Mm -hmm. And but then after that, it's kind of like 
there's nothing. It's it's like you're going up this hill, preparing, preparing, and then you jump off, and then you hit the bottom, yeah. and then right away it's it's to get you going up again. I found the the benefit of uh, inertia stem and the breathing application was that it prepared you to deal with the um, initial stages during the deployment or the event mm. and then afterwards. So mm. it's helping people to resolve issues because it like, and it all comes down to fear. Like uh, there's people out there that discuss a lot of different things and you know, that, uh, you know, uh, have a lot more gray matter than I do, but um, ultimately it, it does come down to the fear. And um, once you are able to first, it, it's like, it's like tension. Uh, the, the exercises we do for tension. So, you know, we'll, we'll close our fists and, and you know, like uh, squeeze our muscles really tight. And we have a clear definition right there and then that we can see the tension in our body. Yeah. We can feel it and, you know, we can see it. Yeah. And now we relax. So we completely relax. So the muscles relax. And now we have an idea of relaxation. So we have that contrast, tension, relaxation. Yeah. So with the breathing... It helps. There's breathing exercises that uh, Vladimir's worked with me and stuff, and I'm trying to develop a bit more, especially. Uh, well, I shouldn't say exclusively for PTSD, but it's 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 also to help prevent or mitigate some of these uh, factors. Mm. But um, you know, to deal with the fear. So first, to, to so that you can bring the fear into the body. And again, this is where like strikes are are great too, because uh, you know you as well know that strike, that fear comes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And it doesn't matter who you are, what your experience is. The first time you get hit with a stem of punch, yeah. you go, oh, boy, yeah. that's different. Yeah, you forget about everything else in the world for a couple <laughs> of seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it, and it, it does. And so, but, you know, so there's a lot of different types of fear. There's physical fear. Uh, there's fear of, uh, you know, harm to our bodies, harm to ourselves, uh, harm to others, you know, uh, like family members or friends or colleagues. Yeah. Um, then there's also the fear that comes with guilt and shame and, and like so many of these things that are connected with uh, things like PTSD and the anxiety. So mm. it helps you first because, I, you know, I've always said this, that if somebody tells you they're not afraid, mm. you're dealing with one of two types of people. Uh, the first one is a liar, somebody that's trying to fool you and say, no, no, I'm not afraid. And, mm. and reality, it's there. Or you're dealing with somebody that truly has no fear. And neither is a good situation. Uh, in the first first example, the person hasn't learned to really notice it, accept it, and deal with it. So yeah. it's it's state of denial. Hmm. In the second situation, it's there is a switch that's broken. Yeah. Uh, and there's only a very few uh, people in society these days that truly have no fear. And uh, I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't want to share a foxhole or a trench with one of them. Because yeah. they're the guys that that, that end up the uh, become a liability and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, there's, uh, I run these uh, stress workshops. I actually did one this morning in the convention, Raleigh Convention Center here in the, in North <laughs> Carolina, and the, and they're on stress, right? Stress and resilience, and mostly the the bio, biology of it, and how your autonomic nervous system works, and things like that. Um, and I give the example in there that the goal of trying to become kind of resilient or understanding your stress. Um, and you know, stress, fear, anxiety—they're all related, basically, in that way. Um, it's not to become stress-free or like not to be afraid of anything, because the only two types of people who are truly not afraid of anything in the world are dead people <laughs> and so yeah. and sociopaths. Right? Sociopaths yeah. are fine; they just walk around all day long, killing dogs, you know, kicking kids, and they've got no problem with anything. They feel no shame, they feel no guilt, they feel no fear. Right? Um, so you shouldn't aspire to be a sociopath. That's not, that should not be what you're trying to do. Well, you should hey. be trying to un understand your fear and contextualize it. And follow it to its logical cause you know and sort of see what's going so yeah I, I, what you're sort of saying about how you, your your work functions is it it really resonates with this whole idea that part of what Sistema does is that it gives you permission to be afraid right it gives you permission to look at it and say yeah I, I am afraid in a way and I found in classes interestingly there's there's a difference between men and women in this there's like a gender difference that men don't like to admit they're afraid they're, they're happy to give it another label like tension or agitation yeah, yeah. or something like that or like yeah I'm angry I'll get angry when I'm I'm like yeah anger is just a manifestation of fear but as soon as you start calling it fear they're like I'm not afraid and they'll get their backs up whereas women will say yeah I'm totally afraid of that and give me some tools you know <laughs> so yeah, they learn yeah. a lot quicker kind of that way so there's this pride barrier with men I think that you have to go through a lot quicker um and it's and it's an interesting thing i don't know if you found that at all with, with your work too 
Oh, oh, definitely. Uh, like the pride and the ego. Uh, again, uh, my first interaction with Vlad. Um, <laughs> yeah, a bit of pride and ego there. And uh, I, I think that is still sitting on the floor of the old school. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I left that there. And, uh, you know, it was... Uh, I, I worked very hard to, to try to remove that and, and approach things with humility. Because, again, the human condition, um, you know... We're all here together, um, and it's 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 the honesty of, of a reality. Is trying to work with these things. So um, you get people, uh, you know, you hit them and, and you do strikes, and they're they're, you know, like uh, I equate it to like a barking dog. You'll see a dog, and it's just barking because I do a lot of work with animals as well, and I can tell you later about how it's just them has helped with that. But hmm. um, with the dogs, you know, when they're barking and stuff like that. Um, a lot of times it's out of fear. So they're very loud, very aggressive, you know, but the dogs that, you know, aren't too worried. I mean, they just bite. Yeah. That's it. Hmm. Or, or they don't see as a threat. So, you know, they're not too worried, but, um, there can be barriers with people when they're, they're learning this because they have to basically walk through doors. They really don't want to go through. Hmm. And in order to fit through those doors, they have to leave that backpack of junk behind. Hmm. And, some people find it, it's a really hard thing for them to separate. And whether it's, you know, their pride, their, their ego, or, or their fear and their shame, you know, and other things that, uh, you know, that it starts to become part of them. And it's like, if, if I open up, if I show myself as I am and expose myself like this, hmm. then, you know, it's, I don't have the strength. But again, in a, in a martial or, or combatives form of looking at it, it's, you know, you have that individual that's so strong and rigid on the outside, yeah. but once he gets hit, it's like you're setting off a, a grenade inside their body and, and the exterior shell just, just shatters. So. So, so when you're working with somebody who, who does seem kind of psychologically shut down or kind of shelled off, um, what things have you found to be helpful to try and kind of coax them out of that shell of, of pride and ego and, and get them to look at themselves? Have you discovered anything over the years that kind of might help other people in that? Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, like the breathing exercises, again, I swear by them. Um, th that's the core. That's the whole thing about yeah. it is the breathing. Um, you know, approaching with a humble spirit, but, um, again, and I'm, I'm still learning so much, like the further along I go in my journey with the uh, Sistema, the, the less I know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, you know, you, you spend so many years and you're climbing this mountain, you're climbing this mountain. Finally, you're at the top of the mountain, then you look and you go, oh, that's just a foothill. Yeah, it's a bigger one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, yeah, that's that's not even the beginning, like you're getting to the, the uh, base camp there. Yeah. So working with some, uh, and I have, like, uh, again, I mentioned the early days when I started trying to incorporate this in uh, with our combatives program. Um, there was a lot of guys who were like, all right, well, let's, let's try it out. And, uh, you know, it's it can take a bit more time to go that route there's a bit more bumps and bruises mm. uh very effective because mm. at the end of the day people see how that it does work mm. um i'm a little bit older now though so I, I try not to have to do that too much but uh yeah uh, to approach people it's just uh, it's really being able to recognize what they're carrying whether you know like again underneath this pride and this ego is the fear and you know some guys may be legitimately afraid of getting hit They've mm. seen other people get hit. They're nervous about it. So they themselves are like, I'm not going to be that guy. Mm. Or the fear of letting their buddies down. I, I was working with a group of guys one time and, uh, you know, big, big gentleman and, uh, you know, very capable and uh, just gave one just a light, light strike, very light strike. Mm. And uh, the tears started to well up in his eyes. And, and, you know, it was just he was beside himself like. He's starting to, you know, uh, get the, the trembling and stuff, just like a, a child that had gotten injured. Hmm. And I took him aside and I started to explain to him what was happening because I'd felt this before with, you know, strikes with Vladimir because sure. he did a lot of work with me to kind of, you know, to, to go deep. And you have to go deep and, and really look at yourself Yeah. and explain to this guy, look, you know, I've been through this before. Other people have been through this before. And this is to help you grow. Basically, it's like putting a key in the lock and unlocking, getting all that junk out of your system. Mm. Uh, this is the junk that we carry around day to day. And, you know, 
sometimes people don't know how to get it out. Sometimes people don't want to get it out. And, you know, yeah. that's where you start getting some of the, the, the pride and ego. But, um, hmm. you know, it's, it, it's, it's being honest in your approach and, uh, you know, the willingness to share and yeah. share honestly. You know, some people, they don't need that really heavy hit. Yeah. Sometimes it's just something as simple, again, like just such a, with him, it was such a soft strike hmm. that, you know, he, and he's, he's sitting there, he's like in a crowd of his peers, he doesn't know, he's he's embarrassed, he feels ashamed, and I'm like, look, this is natural stuff, this yeah. is good, You're growing from this, and by the end of the session, like he was just walking around, just, you know, top of the world, he felt great, he went home, he was yeah. had a good time with the kids and the family and stuff like that, so, you know, um, it, it's... It's trying to help people, first of all, to see what they're holding on to, yeah. uh, which is the fear, and then getting them to let go of it. Yeah. That's the big thing. So, Definitely. Yeah. So, so could you, um, that was interesting, could you talk a little bit more about, you said that you've worked with uh, dogs or with animals. How have you used Sistema or the kind of the principles and methodology to, to deal with that? Interestingly, I was talking to Brad Sconovaco from uh, Colorado recently, and he was um, Harking back to a seminar he did some years ago where Vladimir was talking all about dealing with dogs, you know, like kind of guard dogs or protective dogs and things like that. And he'd learned about, and really very, very interesting. Oh, maybe it wasn't Brad, sorry, it was Dennis Dimitriev, my bad, when he flew down here to North okay. Carolina a couple of weeks ago. Um, and we started oh, Dennis, chatting about yes, yeah. yeah, he was talking about that. And uh, he's, so I, I found that really interesting because I've had a couple of um, interesting calls myself. I, I was once in Austin, Texas, visiting my wife's family when they lived out there, and my, my father in law's like a, um, retired military as well. He was a um, lieutenant colonel in the American Army, and uh, we were walking on a, a dried lake bed in Lake Austin, uh, Lake Travis in Austin. Sorry, and these two like Dobermans came running towards us, and he kind of froze and picked up a stick. So his training was like arm yourself, you know, <laughs> like right away. And uh, and I just kind of kept walking forwards a little bit, and then just kind of, I was calm. My hands were down by my sides, and I, was, and I was like, this could be worrying, but let's see what happens. And interestingly, they kind of parted around either side of me, and they kind of started barking at him because they identified yes, him as the threat, yeah. right? Oh, well, this dude's got a stick. He's the one I've got to get. <laughs> um, and, and I was like, you should probably put the stick down. He's like, I'm not putting the stick down. <laughs> so, but the, and the dogs were kind of open. They go, eventually they, they got whistled off or they called off and they ran away again. But I thought it was a really interesting incident. And a couple of times I've had this in friends' houses as well, where I've gone there and they've got like a new dog that's a rescue dog and it's really twitchy around people. Um, and I just don't seem to present that much of a threat to dogs. They just, they kind of they bark a little bit and then they look at me confused and they don't seem to, you know, I don't seem to get that much out of them. So it's really, and, but that's a fairly new thing. I never really grew up. We did have one dog growing up and I loved it. It was great, but I wasn't like a lover of everybody else's dog and or a dog whisperer or a trainer or anything like that. But this just seems to be like a weird inherent kind of emergent property of training systema that's come like along along with the ride. But I've never really practiced it, and I'm, I'm just interested to know. You know, have you developed this, or do you know what it is, or kind of how how it affects animals? Yeah, well, um, I mean, and, and that's a great experience that you mentioned there about like how they just bypassed you and went for the other guy. Yeah, um, animals are absolutely honest. Uh, mm. They are very honest. Um, I, I do tracking as well, uh, like tactical tracking. Uh, I actually train under David Scott Donnellan with that, and mm. I incorporate the Shistema with that as well. And that's another neat thing. But when I'm following animal tracks. They're very honest. They're not trying to fool you or trick you or anything. When you interact with animals, there, there's no uh, social pretense. Yeah. They're, they're just, it's an animal, you know. And, of course, we're animals as well. So, you know, there's that honesty there that, you know, it's like some animals, they're, they're, the fear comes in. It's like, okay, I don't know this person. And we look in the aspect of a dog. Mm. I don't know this person. It's not my master. Uh, I'm wet, I'm cold, I'm not happy, I'm hungry, you know, all these different things. And some people come in like really trying to dominate animals and, and you know, just run the show. Yeah. Which again creates, because that pride and ego again, and I, I keep going back to this, but it goes back to that fear. So if you're a nervous person, if you have the anxiety or if you have fear, then, you know, these things, uh, you know, animals sense it. It's the vibrations. They sense it right away. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, and I use this like working with animals. Like um, I remember one of my goals when I used to, uh, when I was stationed up in Petawawa, it's a lot of foresty uh, area there, woodlands. Yeah. Is, uh, and we'd go out running on trails and stuff. And we had everything from chipmunks to black bears to moose to, you know, uh, you name it. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah. I still remember the one day running around a trail and somebody the night before put a bear trap there with like a live trap. Hmm. And uh, they didn't close the trail down. I showed up and there was a bear five feet in front of my face in the trap. So that was kind of neat. Um, yeah, he wasn't happy. Like a, but, a uh, black bear, a brown bear? Yeah, a black bear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah in Ontario we have the black bears. But they're yeah. they're still a fair size. So oh, yeah. They, we, get, we get them here as well. Black bears, that is. And they can, you know, people sometimes say, oh, black bears are okay and brown bears are aggressive. <laughs> it's like, no, a cornered black bear will still, you know, <laughs> do you some damage. Oh, it's like the biggest dog you've ever seen, you know. <laughs> the power oh, of it. Yeah. Well, I I do a lot of uh, bow hunting, so um, I hunt bear as well. Mm. Uh, again, I don't do it for the trophy. I do it for the meat on the table. So, mm. um, But, you know, like running through the trails and stuff like that, my goal was to actually be able to run by when there were some birds or whatever kind of wildlife was there and just be able to pass through without any disruption. Yeah. And I started to notice after I've been trained with Vlad and we're doing the pyramid breathing where one step inhale, one step exhale, yeah. and then two in, two out, and all the way up, that I was incorporating this with my running. And then I started to notice because there was one area where there's always a bunch of sparrows uh, gathered there. And I was doing this breathing, and, and finally I noticed I, I ran by, and uh, they didn't move. I was mm. like, oh, okay. So they must be getting used to me, and then ran by again. And But then there was one day I ran by, and boom, they were gone. And I was trying to think, like, I always try to figure out my environment, what the changes are. And that's, like, again, with system, it's you try to see what are the, is there a change? What are the changes? And, and explore that. But I tried to figure out, well, what was going on here? And I was thinking, it really bothered me. Hmm. So the next couple of days, I'm out doing my routine. I ran by, and they're not moving, they're not moving. Then just on a random day, you know, different weather conditions and everything else, hmm. they moved again. I'm thinking, gee, what is this? Then I started to realize man, I, was, I wasn't doing my breathing exercises. Hmm. You know, I was uh, trying to force my way through the run. I was, you know, a little agitated. And, and I just, I said, ah, today I'm not going to do the pyramid breathing and stuff. Hmm. Um, going back to dogs, I, I grew up with dogs. I mean, there was dogs everywhere where I was. Uh, grew up in a firm with uh, horses, cows, all that kind of stuff. Hmm. And, and um, you know, when I was four years old, uh my uncle's dog bit me and broke my arm and uh now he didn't yeah yeah he didn't do it like it wasn't a real mean dog but he basically i grew up in a fishing village so uh there was a bucket with some old bait in it and he had his head in the bucket and i reached into the bucket you know to pet him yeah Yeah. schoolboy era (laughs) yeah (laughs) and uh i mean this was a this was a good old firm dog and uh you know he he just grabbed my arm bang Mm. but he didn't know who it was attached to. He didn't know what it was. He just reacted like immediate threat. I mm. got to go, you know, I got to protect my food and he bit me. Mm. So, you know, I've had uh, a few experiences with dogs over my time. Um, but, you know, I, I found that like the, the, the calmness in you when you're relaxed or calm, whether you're dealing with dogs or horses. And, and if you really want to play around with, with your breathing, mm. work with horses. Uh, right now I'm working with uh, the horse I have, um, uh, I've been lucky cause there's a gentleman from out West, uh, that, uh, in the Canadian West, they've been doing a lot of work with people, um, with PTSD and equine therapy. Hmm. Uh, they're, they're known as the forge. That's the, the place there. Uh, but the breath work, they've been incorporating the breath work with it as well. But, um, I started using the Shistema breathing with the horses hmm. and, and, oh man, the results I'm getting, it's, it's just, it's great because now I can go up because you got to think horses are bigger animals and some people are naturally afraid of horses. That's why they were used so much in combat. Yeah. If like it, it it's one thing to have a guy coming at you with a pike, mm. but when you take that pike and you put it up on top of a 1400 pound animal, yeah, it's got a different effect, right? Right. Yeah. So it'd be tricky yeah. to be one of those Braveheart guys standing there with a pike going, hold, hold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I mean, those guys that do hold there, I mean, they're tough dudes, you know, they've they've made that resolution. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so, so working with the horses, you know, because again, uh, like they can sense a rider's heartbeat when they're in the saddle. Mm. So if, uh, if you're really agitated and stuff like that, you're just not going to have a good day. And I've even noticed, uh, you know, there was one day I was, uh, um, this was a couple of years ago, I was riding on a horse and I was in the training ring and he was, he was fine. He was responding great to me and everything. And we were working well. 
And then he just, it was like, you know, you're playing a video game and all of a sudden your remote control just shuts down. Mm. And it's like, what's going on? It's like somebody unplugs it. And it's like, oh man. But then we, you know, things connected again and all this stuff. And again, I'm looking at the changes and going, why is this, why is this happening? Mm. So I started to realize, and it was through help of a friend. They said, look, every time you go down to that corner of the ring, there's a lot more people over there and it's a lot more busier and, Mm. you know, there's more stuff going on. So when you go there, you're, you're getting agitated yourself and that's what's happening with the horse. And I went, wow. So again, the next time I went by, I started working on my breathing exercises and, you know, doing the breath holds and stuff. Yeah. And sure. Boom. Right back at it. Mm. It was good to go. You calmed the horse down. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. well. I, the thing is, I calm myself down. Sure. And then yeah. he said, "Oh, okay. This guy's all right. Yeah. So I can carry on doing what I'm doing. I don't have to worry about this guy. Yeah. But I mean, it happens with people as well. When when you you come in, like, um, over my years in the military and stuff, and I also I bounced for years as a as a doorman. Yeah. Um, you know, you get you get people like when I first started bouncing, um, I was young, and you know, you you have the the martial abilities to be able to put people in wrist locks and do all that stuff. Hmm. But as I got older and stuff, I started to realize like, you know, sometimes these people that just seem like the common drunk, well, you know, when you're dealing with people that maybe somebody in their family passed away hmm. or, you know, they'd lost their job or there was some, some underlying issue. And there yeah. always is. Yeah. I mean, people, people generally aren't mean. They're not bad people. Yeah. They get a lot of bad situations, and and again, there is a small percentage of society that they're broken, so they do really have that evil side. But by the most part, people really aren't that bad. Yeah. But the things that that drive them to do what they do, there's always an underlying cause and the motivation there. And if you can find that and see what that is, you can get that connection. But if you're not calm yourself, mm. you're never going to get that connection. Yeah, you can't. Um, you can't come. I mean, yeah, you you got nowhere to begin that entrainment process, right? You got no basis for understanding them, let alone influencing them. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, imagine now with uh, you know having all the training you do now, uh, training with uh, uh, you know in Shistema, hmm. like to go back and, and to become that rigid Shotokan guy again. Yeah. It's almost like you're putting oven mitts on, right. trying to read Braille. Yeah, <laughs> it just you know it's uh, and nothing against uh, you know karate and stuff like that, but yeah, it, it's just uh, it opens things up so much more, you know, like uh, yeah, absolutely, you know, yeah. So so, um, so so just rounding off, I, um, I really appreciate you spending so much time with us today. So it's, it's fantastic to get your inputs, and maybe we can get you back on a little bit later on and, uh, yeah, and sure. do another repeat and talk about some other things. Um, yeah. But if if you had to kind of leave one piece of advice or one message for people coming into Sistema, maybe trying it out, um, what would it be? If you had advice to your younger Pete going into that, um, going into HQ and um, with your bravado to Vladimir, how would you try and counsel people to, to begin Sistema or, or start looking at it? Be humble, be honest, and be good to people. There you go. Well, that's good advice. <laughs> Generally in life anyway, whether or not you're going to start Sistema, right? So that sounds like yeah. solid advice to me. Oh, uh, Glenn, if I could, too, I just wanted to mention as well um, about yep. the upcoming camp this summer. Yeah, please and, do. Uh, yep. um, just, uh, we, this is going to be the second uh, year that we've introduced the camp fund. And the camp fund is a great opportunity to, uh, you know, to uh, sponsor people that may not normally have a chance uh, to get out to the camp and uh, try it out. This, this opens a lot of uh, more opportunities for people to take part in that. And, you know, I encourage people to go there. It's just it's great training with Vlad. But when you get to get out in the woods with them, it's a real experience. It's uh, it's a wonderful time. So yeah, it's phenomenal. I did a immersion camps in 2008 and 2010, and both times they were just spectacular. You just come back kind of transformed, right? Just to, through having yes. so many contact hours, so many days out in the woods, and just removed from people. <laughs> oh, it's it's an amazing yeah. time. And yeah. and I did want to thank you too, because uh, now that the uh, improvised weapons two is out. I'd like to thank you for the donation of your time, body, and efforts for being the <laughs> demonstrator there. Because again, that was that was some amazing work. But you know, the way you moved, that was <laughs> outstanding. It was it was great. There was a few times everybody in that room was going, 
oh wow yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, up again it's, it was amazing so hey that was great work yeah that was a it was definitely a it was it, that was the experience it was a good one was, i think i needed that at time as well i was coming back from a, a, a rough period in the in the uk and so i think vlad i came in feeling pretty weak at the start of the week and he built me up all week long and then and beat seven bells out on me in that seminar just to show that i was tougher than i thought i was <laughs> i think that was his rationale on that one so. he, he does those things and it's it's yeah. wonderful the way he does it yeah and it's a lot of fun to watch anyway and so some people were commenting already on the on Facebook that it kind of adds insult to injury that he was beating seven bells out on me with a, with a small Hello Kitty umbrella, you know, it makes it even worse. Yeah. Where did that come from? I, that's I what I want to know. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't mine. That's all I can say. Well, I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> well, thanks again, Pete. And I, yeah, and I'll put details of the, um, of the camp and of the, um, of the camp fund as well on the show notes for this. And if people are looking for your school at Systema Kingston, where would they find you online? Uh, so we're on Facebook, uh, Shistema Kingston. Uh, so it's Kingston, Ontario. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they can find us there. We, we don't have a web page. We do it all through Facebook and stuff. But uh, send us a message. And, and anybody that's ever traveling through the area, I, I, I know if you go another, well, two and a half, three hours down the road, you're at the HQ. And I, I don't mind people passing us by to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, anybody's always welcome to come out and train and uh, have some fun. So. Great. Well, thanks very much for for your time and your insights. And this was great. And I hope we can do it again. Well, thank you very much for having me on, Glenn. And God bless. Thank you, Pete. Take care, man. Cheers. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to find out more about training at NC Sistema, you can visit us online at www.ncsistema.com. If you'd like to find out more about Sistema classes and seminars worldwide, please visit www.russianmartialart.com. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can share it with your friends online, you can write a review on iTunes, or you can support us directly with a monthly contribution of $1, $5, whatever you can afford. To become a Sistema for Life patron, please visit www.patreon.com slash ncsistema. Any and all contributions are very much appreciated. They help us to keep the podcast going and to keep it advertising free. Many thanks, good health, and see you in training. Music